Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. As always, the Wide Open Podcast is sponsored by Rad Custom Graphics. Ryan and the folks over at Rad Custom Graphics have been doing nothing but top-notch graphics for uh, quite some time now. They only use the highest quality stuff for all their graphics, but they're not just a graphics company. They also do t-shirts, hats, uh, anything that your little heart uh, desires, they can make it for you. Uh, Rad Custom Graphics and Ryan have also been a longtime supporter of District 37. Uh, they're the ones that are making the championship jackets uh, for the for the Heron Hound series, the, the District 37 Heron Hound series that just wrapped up. Uh, they also are going to be the people who are going to be doing all the numbers uh, uh, the District 37 hands out to all the riders uh, for 2021. So if you're looking to get uh, a new set of graphics uh, for your bike, they handle it from start to finish with design and everything. Uh, reach out to Rad Custom or reach out to Ryan at RadCustomGraphics.com, and they will take care of anything that you might need. The podcast is also sponsored by Flowvision Goggles. You know, when Nick McBride was just a little boy, he had a dream, and that dream was a dream of clear vision. And just 20 years later, he's managed to put it all together using only the highest quality stuff to make sure that you can see while you're racing and not just see, but look cool while you're also racing. Flowvision goggles are, are the best goggles out there. I mean, I wear, I wear them, nothing but Flowvision goggles. They fit the helmet hole, uh, the, the hole in your helmet better than anything else. They're snug, no air gets in. They come in a variety of different cool colors, uh, I mean, anything you can think of, Nick's always coming out with the with new models. Uh, he's got the two new versions of his goggles that came out. I, I don't remember the names of them. One of them is a, these really badass chrome-looking goggles, and another one is a gold set of goggles. And I'm telling you, they are epic. Uh, they're super cool, and they went really fast. Uh, so when you see them at the races, make sure you get there and try and get your pair before anybody else gets their pair. And that's the one cool thing about Flowvision is they're at the races. Uh, I'm a huge supporter of anybody that's at the races supporting the riders. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of people in the industry that, uh, you know, that support the industry, but the ones that take the extra step to actually be there at the races to, to really cater to the riders. Uh, those are the ones that get my business. Uh, and Flowvision is one of those companies. So next time you're at a Grand Prix, and at some desert races, uh, look for Flow Vision in the pits and go out and get yourself a new set of Flow Vision goggles. Okay, let's get on to the show. Lots of stuff happened since the last time we did a podcast in late October. Uh, one of the biggest things that happened was uh, the NHHA wrapped up their National Heron Hound Championship Series at the 100s race, which was staged off of Bessemer Mine Road in Johnson Valley. Uh, really cool course. I got to ride around a lot of it. Uh, I didn't race that race. I was out kind of running around, making sure that the, we were high and tight with the BLM and everything was going to be good to go for future races. So I had an opportunity to, to go out there and, and see a lot of the battles that were going on between racers to wrap up championships. And, and the day wound up being Dalton's day. Uh, Dalton was on fire that day. Uh, I sat out uh, I sat out there uh, in the middle of, middle of loop one, and where he rolled by me, uh, he probably had a uh, five to seven minute lead on second place, which was uh, which was David Camo. Um, and he just continued to, to motor on. 
I got I rolled over to the finish as the as the finisher was coming were coming in and my hats off to David boy he really turned it on and they they came in I don't think 20 seconds apart so a great race by both of them it, it took a win uh, from Dalton to win the championship and he went out there and he did what he had to do and and laid it down so congratulations to Dalton Shirey on your 2020 National Heron Hound Championship it was well earned bud um, we're hoping to get Dalton in here uh, to sit down and talk about the the life of a of a racer. I think he's got some interesting stories. I've had an opportunity to watch him race uh, since he was racing uh, in the youth series uh, as a youngster, and he's just grown up uh, in the racing community. And he's always been a always been a friend to anybody who wanted to stop and talk to him. Uh, he's just a, he's a good guy and a good role model for all the young racers coming up. So we're hoping we might be able to get him in here to to talk about some of those things, uh, some of the challenges that some of these young racers might face as they're trying to work their way up through the ranks. Uh, moving on, uh, another Heron Hound Championship that wrapped up this weekend or uh, this weekend was the District Thirty Seven Heron Hound Series. So the District Thirty Seven Heron Hound Series is a it's a series within a series. It doesn't earn a plate, but what everybody was racing for was was the jacket. And I, you know, the jacket was, I don't want to say it was a gimmick, but it was certainly something that we were hoping would attract riders to wanting to race that series. And based on the turnout that I saw of people who were in a, in a championship battle uh, at the SoCal Heron Hound race, it, it would appear to me that that jacket must mean something. Um, that's uh, my club's race, so I didn't race it. I worked it, and I was out working a check, and I thought it was really cool to see so many riders coming through the check that were actually in points battles that were right on top of each other. Um, none, no, no race closer than the mag lightweight uh, expert championship battle between David T. Scotter and Scott Wooler. And they came through uh, my check, which was check four. So uh, check four was the first check after they came out of the pits. And the location of that check, if you're familiar at all with, uh, with Johnson Valley, uh, so we were... You know, we staged out of North Anderson, our pits were at North Anderson, and there's a score road that takes off out of North Anderson and takes you all the way uh, to the boundary where the, where the uh, military base is. So our check was right there. The two of them came in uh, probably within five seconds of each other through, through that check and, and took off and were right on top of each other, which was really cool to see. I mean, they're having a, they're having a battle. So check five was all the way off of a road called Green Mine Road. So if you're from again if you're familiar with the desert, they raced from the from the boundary at the edge of uh at the edge of the mountain range behind North Anderson all the way over to Soggy Dry Lake then back up Soggy Dry Lake heading towards Cougar Buttes where Check 5 was. And they told me at Check 5 that the two of them drag raced into that check side by side with you know guys marking their fender cards and they took off and they they raced all the way to the finish with T Scotter getting the win. So, I mean, that those were the kinds of things that we were hoping we would get to see uh in that series and man it, it was so cool to see those guys and so many others out there really really charging hard chasing after that jacket. So, let's talk about the jackets. Um pre-COVID, the plan what you know, SoCal's race would have happened in April. And we were going to finish, uh, we would have wrapped up the series and we would have had everybody's jackets before we went to summer break so that you could wear them through the winter. But COVID, I mean, COVID, geez. 
So SoCal had to move their race to November, um, which kind of threw a threw a wrench in everything. And and most of the points battles were so close that we didn't know who was going to win. So it wasn't like we could reach out to anybody and uh, get a jacket size so we could get it stitched up for them and have it there uh, at the end of the race. So here's what's happening because some people have been asking. Uh, the the stewards, uh, along with the help of Perkins, he's kind of looking through some of it. Uh, and this is from this is every class we we talked about it. This is every class from double A all the way through the youth classes, um, ex, expert, amateurs, novices, beginners, all championships. We said it before. You have to rate. You had to race all four races to qualify for it. You can't earn the championship because you you raced one race and you were the only guy that ran in your class or only gal that ran in your class. You had to race all four, and then you would be considered the champion. So they're going through, uh, tabulating the results. Uh, some I saw some some hubbub on Facebook earlier today about what you know was was being done with Moto Tally. The way Moto Tally is set up is you have to set up you know you would have to set up something separate in Moto Tally and score those races separately. And since it's not a, its own series, it's a it's being scored within the desert uh, the desert mainframe for Moto Tally. So we have to go in there and and take those four races out by hand and see who the winner who the winners were and in in the event that there were any ties in any of those it would go on uh, overall finish so let's say uh, one guy won two races and the other guy won two races well then you'd look and see what where did they finish in that race you know if uh, you know and that's what was going to determine who the champion was uh, in the event that there was a tie so. Once they've got that all wrapped up, then we will reach out to the to the champions, get their jacket size, and make sure that we have the correct spelling of their jackets. We'll send that stuff over to Abitoy, and he will make those jackets uh, with your name on it, designating what class it is that you want. And they've got that really fancy, it's a badass logo for the Hare and Hound series. And we'll be handing out those jackets uh, on the weekend of Checkers 2021. That's the first race of the year. It's the first race of the 2021 District Heron Hound, uh, uh, District 37 Heron Hound series. So we're going to hand out all those jackets. It should be cool. Everybody can wear them, you know, for, you know, for a couple of months. And so that just seemed like the best way. It's, it's a month and a half. It's a month and a half away and everybody will get their jackets, but we want to make sure that everybody's got the correct size. We've got them all stitched with your name on them. We didn't want anybody to have just a generic jacket. So that's what's happening with that stuff. Um, but if you're, so uh, moving on to next weekend, we've got the last two last two desert races of the 2020 season, and and that's it. We can say goodbye to 2020. Um, the races this weekend are going to be in Red Mountain, and they're ho- it's uh, they're hosted by Badgers and Dirt Diggers. It's a it's a weekend event. Uh, two races on Saturday, two races on Sunday. It's an opportunity for you to collect your last four sets of points for the year. Uh, to figure out what your number is going to be for the fall, you know, for 2021, what you're going to run on your bike. Um, I, it's going to be a little different racing up there this time of year. You know, uh, diggers usually diggers and badgers are usually up there. Diggers is usually up there earlier in the year, about the time in springtime, about the time that we have the bloom. Uh, I always think it's a little dangerous when we're racing up there when the when you've got all the flowers because if you get off course, you just never know what you're going to run into. Um, Badgers is a little later in the year and it's usually pretty hot when Badgers has their race. This should be perfect. Uh, cooler weather, 
Um, no flowers hiding any of the tombstones that are hang, hanging out out there. It's a great weekend to camp. Go out there, enjoy the entire weekend, get your last four sets of points. Yeah, I mean, I know this, the two clubs are working really hard to put on great races. I, I think it's going to be an awesome event. I encourage everybody who's listening and, and, and make sure you tell anybody who's not listening. Head on out there and just uh, go support those clubs and get your last four sets of points. So while we're talking about that particular race and the other races we're going to talk, the last two races we're going to, of the year that we're going to talk about, I'm starting to get some uh, phone calls and emails asking, are we racing? Yes, we're still racing. And that is not just us saying we're going to press on through whatever it is that the, the government is saying. Uh, the government hasn't told us that we can't race. Uh, in the past, uh, there have been some restrictions that have put, been put on what it is we were doing and permits hadn't, hadn't been issued because of whatever, uh, whatever level of COVID restrictions we were at uh, in our state. Uh, that's not the case as of now while I'm recording this, and I'm recording this right now Tuesday, uh, Tuesday the 17th of November. So as of now, everybody has a permit and everybody's moving forward. Um, we have been told that uh, currently the whatever's going on in our, in our state government is not affecting what's happening uh, with any permits that are being issued. So we are, we are proceeding. And... I, I know I've watched I'm watching the news as I'm sure everybody else is and you're listening to all this stuff and 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 I said last last uh, podcast that uh, this is not the place to go for for your political views and I won't share mine. Uh, what I will say is that I think that we are doing a pretty good job of exercising caution when it comes to the reality that it, that is COVID. Um, we are exercising social distancing and signups. People are wearing masks. Um, we're doing all the things that we need to do so that we, uh, so that we're not spreading anything. And as always, if you're not feeling well, we would ask you please stay home and you know skip the race and come to the next race or come when you're feeling better. But for all of you who are asking, are we still racing? Yes, we're still racing. And for any of you who might say, uh, are you sure you're acting responsibly by continuing to race? Yes, I feel we are. We are. What we're doing is we're providing some normalcy in, in our lives. Um, on Monday, on Monday, I think I'm pretty much like everybody else, where I go off and I deal with the chaos that's in the world Monday through Friday. I go to work. I, I deal with whatever it is that's happening with the news and whatever's happening in our, in our world, the world as we know it now, with all the restrictions that we have on everything that we do. But I know on the weekend I can go. And while it's a little different, I can still go to the races and I can be around my family where I feel comfortable, uh, where I feel safe, and where things are normal and they feel normal. And that's what I'm that's what I'm doing, and that's what a lot of other people are doing. So this, what we're offering by continuing to put on races, is we're offering we're offering a safe space for you to go to to experience some normalcy. So yes, I think we're acting responsibly. We're exercising social distancing and wearing masks and washing our hands and doing all those things. But we're trying to make it as normal as possible so that you know that the world hasn't just gone completely crazy. You know that every week there's going to be a race and you can go out with other people that are like you and go do that, go do that thing that you love to do so much. And that's exactly what we're going to do on Thanksgiving weekend at Hilltoppers. Hilltoppers, you know, Hilltoppers uh, Grand Prix was rescheduled. 
and they moved it to Thanksgiving weekend. So uh, I saw some spy footage of the of the course that they have laid out. They're running the course backwards from the way that they normally run it, and they completely mowed down the motocross section and they re- and they built something new. It looks awesome. So it's not going to be the same old uh, 29 palms that you're accustomed to racing. It's going to be fast, don't don't get me wrong, but it's going to be different and it's going to be fun. And it's going to, you know, and it, and we're all going to be together. We're all going to be celebrating a holiday weekend together, doing the thing that we love to do, racing our dirt bikes. And then just one more race and the NGPC will be wrapped up and that race is Vikings in Havasu on the second weekend of December. Uh, super stoked to go there. That'll be the last time that we're racing in December. Um, in 2021, our series, uh, all of our racing will wrap up in November. Uh, that gives everybody, uh, it gives the stewards an opportunity to finalize all the results uh, before the end of the year. It, that way they can get all the results finalized and get them out to everybody, get everybody, everybody their numbers issued in time for you to get new graphics for your bike for the following year. Um, it's, you know, I know it's a problem every year. We generally, generally it's really chaotic, um, for, for us right here in the house, uh, cause we wrap up, we wrap up the season, uh, mid December. Uh, and then, uh, we've got, uh, you know, the, you got a 10 day protest period after that last race, then points are finalized. And then, you know, we, and then two weeks into January, we have the first GP of the year. So uh, it's uh, going. It's kind of crazy in here getting all the GP uh, cards issued. It will be again this year uh, before we go to American MX uh, in January, but uh, but we'll get a handle like we always do. And then in twenty twenty one, or when we go from twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two, we'll have lots of time to get all that taken care of and everybody to get their graphics and all that. So let's talk a little bit about twenty twenty one. So as I just mentioned it, I want to make sure that everybody is clear because I'm seeing some confusing, and I'm not going to say they're intentional, but I'm going to say there are some confusing posts about the Atlanta Grand Prix. So the Atlanta Grand Prix is still happening, okay, and and good on them. You know, it's a it's a it's a big race. It's a historic race. It should it should continue to go, to go on. It's just not going on as a part of District Thirty Seven. Uh, District 37, NGPC, and SoCal MC are not affiliated with that race. I want to make sure everybody's clear on that. Okay, N- District 37, NGPC are not affiliated with that race. If you go race that race, it will not be for any district points. You are racing that race purely to go race that race and see what it is that the new people that are putting on that race are going to do. That, that, that's the reason for going there. Okay, it's not paying any district points. I don't want anybody to be confused going to that race thinking that they can buy their district card there, that they're going to earn points there because you're not. Okay, the play, the first race of the NGPC series, the first uh, Big Six Grand Prix, is hosted by SoCal MC at American MX in Delano. Okay, so if you're curious about at all about American MX, go give them a follow uh, on American MX. At American MX on Instagram, they're posting some really good stuff. Um, they usually shut down through the summer, uh, so there hasn't been a whole lot of activity on their Instagram during the summer. But they're open now uh, as we're starting to get into the cooler months, and you'll get. And they've cut uh, some new co- new tracks. They're starting to cut in what it what SoCal has laid out uh, for their Grand Prix, 
and you'll get an idea of what it is you're gonna you can expect when you go there. Uh, lots of flowing hills with turns, and we're building some some pretty cool stuff for that race. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's a change. Uh, it's a it's no further of a drive than going to you know if you're driving to Havasu. Um, but it's uh, it's going to be cool. It's a it's going to be a great venue. Uh, we're expecting there to be some uh, special surprises that will uh, of people who are going to show up at that race that we will announce as we get a little closer to it. Um, so everybody, mark your calendars for the first round of the NGPC uh, in 2021. It's uh, Martin Luther King weekend. I don't have a calendar in front of me, but it's usually around the 17th, 18th, and 19th, uh, right right around there of January. Um, so. We've got that all got that all squared away. So for 2021, I've had a lot of people asking, are we going to continue with the same series that we have uh, in district? And the answer is yes, plus another one. Okay, so the Sprint Enduro series is going to return for 2021. Uh, the Hare and Hound series is going to return for 2021 with another round. So we'll be host. Uh, you'll have five rounds instead of four, which is going to make it a lot easier for us to figure out who those champions are going to be. Um, five races makes it a lot easier. Uh, those races are going to be hosted by uh, by Checkers, DMC, four races, SoCal MC, and then a joint effort between Rovers and Invaders, which will be the last round, I believe, late April. Uh, we, the calendar is going to be, we've got the calendar just, it's finalized. We're getting it printed. We want to make sure that we don't have any changes and then we'll, we'll get it up. Since we get it up, I'll post it on wide open podcast, Instagram, and then all of our other social media uh, platforms. So everybody has it. Um, but the Heron Hound series is coming back and then we're excited about a new series that's going to, that is going to happen in, uh, in 2021. And that is the scramble series. Uh, I, don't have the flyer in front of me, you know, as, as usual, I do a bang up job of, uh, of getting ready for the podcast. Uh, and I've got all everything here that I need. So I can tell you about all these different series and what the dates are. Uh, but basically the scramble series, uh, the, the clubs that put on Euro scrambles along with, I believe dirt diggers is putting on a, a desert scramble that is going to be part of that scramble series. And they have decided to band together and put and put on weekends of racing. What they want to do is attract you to come out for the weekend, race together. Some clubs are pairing up for some of the things. Some clubs are hosting two-day events. It's an opportunity. It's Again, the beauty of this is that, and, and what we were hoping with the different series is that if you, if you look at the totality of the schedule, you're like, man, it's a lot of races. You know, God, I don't know if I want to race all those races. But with a different series, you can kind of look at it and go, hey, you know what? I, I you know, I really dig hare and hounds, and I, and that's what I want to race. I just want to race five hare and hounds, and I can plan on racing those five hare and hounds. I, I can afford to race the five hare and hounds. I'm going to chase after that. I'm going to try and get a jacket. With the Sprint Enduro Series, hey, man, I really dig the format, the timed format. I want to chase after that. That one offers a plate, an Enduro plate. We're hoping at some point we can break it, break down this the different series so that you you'll be able to run a earned plate in the different series. We just haven't gotten there just yet with how we can work that out. But know that we're working in that direction. And then with the scramble series, that there I'm I'm being told uh, by that series that they're working on something cool similar to what similar to the jackets. So that if you decide that you're going to run the scramble series, if a if a short course desert race is your thing, you can chase after the scramble series. And earn whatever it is that they're going to crown uh, their champions with at the end of that series. And then, as always, 
uh, all of these races pay desert points. So they will count towards your overall number for for the end of the year. Uh, 2021 will be the last year that Sprint Enduros will pay desert points. Um, it was agreed upon when we first introduced the series that they would pay desert points for the first three years and then we would revisit it. If numbers, if the numbers supported uh, uh, taking away desert points from that series, then, then that's what we would do. Uh, so that would be a true standalone series and, and to move more in the direction of of the desert number one rip truly being a desert number one one that one that you earned in what in what would be considered a traditional desert race now we can i don't think we want to go down that rabbit hole today because i could ask 10 different people to come in here and talk about what they thought was a uh, traditional desert race and we would get 10 different answers um so we're never going to make everybody happy when we eventually get to a point of where you're chasing a true desert plate because desert purists will say you can never earn a true desert plate anymore because we don't have the same desert that we used to have. And other people will say we're racing in the desert, so why is it not a desert plate? Um, but we'll figure something out, uh, as we always do, uh, that that makes sense and er and everybody can chase after that plate. Uh, what else do we have for 2021? Um, we've got some changes. Uh, there, there's, uh, there's been a change on the on the board uh, for District Thirty Seven. Uh, I don't know if this means anything to you guys, but sometimes it uh, ref it reflects uh, the direction that uh, that things are going. Uh, so most of the stewards have stayed the same. Uh, most of the, the you know the president and secretary that that all stayed the same, um, but we're having a change with the district referee. Uh, so. Heather has decided that she's uh there she's gonna move a different direction uh in life. Still gonna be op, you know very active with district, but being the district referee is a is a it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of your time, and she would like to focus her time on something else. Um, I would like to say here, first off, thank you very very much for all the hard work that she's done. She's been a fantastic referee. Um, I I don't think anybody could have done a better job. Uh, so. My hat's off to her. I did that job for a little while and hated it. Uh, and she's done a fantastic job. Uh, the incoming job or in, incoming incoming referee is going to be Guy Kibbe, uh, and and uh, I think Guy's going to do a great job. Guy is uh, you know Guy and Heather have been working together uh, as he as she's you know re transitioning out and he's transitioning in. Uh, he'll take over officially in February of 2021. That's when the positions change. So uh, if you have any questions, um, you know, you, you want to email both of them and they will both be involved uh, in the decision making on, you know, basically the referee runs the competition room and the competition room is responsible for, uh, for discussing rule changes that they think uh, are necessary and then they vote on whether they think uh, they should make that rule change and then they bring it to off-road and the off-road room says, you know, yeah, that sounds like a good idea and we go from there. So... There's kind of a whole process to the way it all works, and there's a lot of people that put on a lot of time uh, to make it all happen. And Heather was Heather was one of them, and has been one of them for a long time. Guy Guy's been a steward for a long time. Guy's wife Sherry's the secretary, so Guy's kind of transitioning into a, another position where he's going to get to do a little more work than he was doing as a steward. Um, we're going to make it a short one. I would like to. Yeah, we're going to start to wrap up. I would like to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Um, 
you know, a lot of times we gloss over Thanksgiving. It's a, hey, we get to eat way too much turkey, watch some football, uh, and then spend the rest of the weekend riding our motorcycles. But really, it's a, it's a weekend to give thanks. And I'd like to tell you all what it is that I'm thankful for, okay? First and foremost, I'm thankful for my wife. My wife puts up with, puts up with me. I put a lot of time into racing and a lot of time into the racing community, uh, and she is very tolerant of what it is that I do. I wouldn't be half the man that I am without her uh, beside me. And so I'm very thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my family, my kids, uh, my dad, my brother. I'm fortunate to have all that. I'm thankful for my district family. I, have a, I never thought uh, when I got into racing, I never imagined that I would have this extended family. And this extended family is as important to me as my blood family. So I want to thank you all uh, for everything that you do, for making racing so enjoyable, uh, for, you know, every time I bump into somebody when I'm in the desert or at a race, uh, I, generally the, you know, the conversations are good. And I want to thank everybody for, for all those kind conversations and just for the friendship. That's what I'm thankful for. So I think, uh, I think we're going to wrap it up. Uh, I want to apologize uh, to Tommy Russell. Uh, we were trying to get uh, Tommy Russell and DP4 on today, but uh, unfortunately we ran out of time. Uh, we'll try and get you on next month. Uh, and as always, we'll see you all at the races.